derision of gentile philosophers by hermias the philosopher this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org paul the blessed apostle my beloved brethren writing to the corinthians who inhabit laconian greece spake saying the wisdom of this world is folly in the sight of god one corinthians three nineteen and he said not amiss for it seems to me to have taken its beginning from the rebellion of the angels for which cause the philosophers put forth their doctrines saying things that neither sound the same nor mean the same as one another for some of them say that the soul is fire like democritus air like the stoics some say it is the mind and some say it is motion as heraclitus some say it is exhalation some an influence flowing from the stars some say it is number in motion as pythagoras some say it is generative water as hippo some say an element from elements some say it is harmony as dinarchus some say the blood as cretius some the breath some say unity as pythagoras and so the ancients say contrary things how many statements are there about these things how many attempts how many also of sophists who carry on a strife rather than seek the truth be it so then they differ about the soul but have pronounced other things about it in unison and of others one man calls pleasure its good another its evil and again a third man its middle state between good and evil but its nature some call immortal some mortal and others say that it remains for a time but others that it becomes brutalized others divide it into atoms other embody it three times others assign to it periods of three thousand years for though they do not live even an hundred years they talk of three thousand years about to come what then must we term these things they seem to me to be a prodigy or folly or madness or rebellion or all these together if they have found out anything true let them agree together about it or let them join together and then i will gladly listen to them but if they distract the soul and draw it one into a different nature another into a different being changing one kind of matter for another i confess i am harassed by the ebbing and flowing of the subject at one time i am immortal and rejoice at another time i become mortal and weep anew i am dissolved into atoms i become water and i become air i become fire and then after a little neither air nor fire he makes me a beast he makes me a fish again then i have dolphins for my brothers but when i look on myself i am frightened at my body and i know not how i shall call it man or dog or wolf or bull or bird or snake or serpent or chimera for i am changed by the philosophers into all the beasts of the land of the sea having wings of many forms wild or tame dumb or vocal brute or reasoning i swim i fly i rise aloft i crawl i run i sit but here is empedocles and he makes me a stump of a tree since then it is not possible for the philosophers by agreeing together to find out the soul of man they can scarcely be able to declare the truth about the gods or the universe for they have this audacity that i may not call it infatuation for those who are not able to discover their own soul seek in the nature of the gods themselves and those who do not know their own body busy themselves about the nature of the world in truth they wholly oppose one another about the principles of nature when anaxagoras catches me he teaches me thus the beginning of all things is mind and this is the cause and regulator of all things and gives arrangement to things unarranged and motion to things unmoved and distinction to things unmixed and order to things disordered anaxagoras 
who says these words, is my friend, and I bow to his doctrine. But against him rise up Melissus and Parmenides. Parmenides, indeed, in his poetical works, proclaims that being is one and everlasting, and endless and immovable, and in every way alike. Again, then, I know not why I changed to this doctrine. Parmenides has driven Anaxagoras out of my mind. But when I am on the point of thinking that I have now a firm doctrine, Anaximenes, catching hold of me, cries out, But I tell you everything is air, and this air, thickening and settling, becomes water and air, rarefying and spreading, it becomes ether and fire, but returning into its own nature, it becomes thin air. But if also it becomes condensed, says he, it is changed. And thus again I pass over to this opinion of his, and cherish Anaximenes. But Empedocles stands opposite, chafing and crying aloud, from Etna, the principles of all things are enmity and friendship, the one drawing together, the other separating, and their strife makes all things. But I define these to be, like and unlike, boundless and having bounds, things eternal and things made. Well done, Empedocles, I follow you now even up to the craters of fire. But on the other hand stands Protagoras, and draws me aside, saying, man is the term and arbitrament of all things and those are things that fall under sensation but those which do not so fall are not in the forms of being enticed by protagoras with this description i am pleased because everything or at least the greatest part is left to man but on the other hand thales nods the truth to me defining water to be the principle of all and that all things are formed out of the moist and are resolved into the moist and the earth rides over the water why then should I not listen to Thales, the elder of the Ionians? But his countryman, Anaximander, himself says that eternal motion is an older principle than moisture, and that by it some things are generated and some things perish. And so let Anaximander be our guide. And is not Archelaus of good repute who declares that the principles of the whole are heat and cold? But again, in this also the grandiloquous Plato does not agree, seeing that the principles are God and matter and example. Now then, I am persuaded, for how shall I not trust a philosopher who made the chariot of Jupiter? But behind stands his disciple Aristotle, envying his master for his coach-making. He lays down other principles to do and to suffer, and that the active principle is the ether, which is acted on by nothing but the passive has four qualities, drought, moisture, heat, and cold for by the change of these into one another all things are produced and perish we were now tired changing up and down with the doctrines but i will rest on the opinion of aristotle and let no doctrine henceforth trouble me but what can i do for old men more ancient than these hamstring my soul for Recades, saying that the principles are jupiter and tellus and saturn jupiter the ether tellus the earth and saturn time the ether is the agent but the earth is passive and time in which all created things are comprised these old men have contentions with one another for leucippus deeming all these things madness says that the principles are boundless motionless and infinitesimal and that the lighter parts going up become fire and air whilst the heavier parts subsiding become water and earth how long am i taught such things learning nothing true unless else democritus will set me free from error declaring that the principles are existence and non-existence and that existence is full but non-existence is empty but the full effects of all things by change or by order in the empty 
perhaps I might listen to good Democritus, and should like to laugh with him, did not Heraclitus persuade me otherwise, at the same time weeping, and saying, Fire is the principle of all things. It has two states of being, thinness and thickness, the one active, the other passive, the one bending, the other separating. This is enough for me, and I should already be drunk with so many principles, but Epicurus calls me away from thence also, by no means to revile his good doctrine of atoms and of emptiness, for by the varied and manifold interweaving of these all things are born and perish. I do not contradict you, my best of men, Epicurus, but Cleanthes, raising his head from the well, laughs at your doctrine, and myself also derive from him the true principles, God and matter, and that earth changes into water and water into air, that the air floats, and that the fire comes to the parts near the earth, that the soul extends through all the world, of which we also, sharing a portion, have the breath of life, which things, then being thus many, another multitude throngs me out of Libya, Carneades and Cletomachus, and all their followers, treading down all the doctrines of the others, and themselves declaring plainly that all things are incomprehensible, and that a false imagination always hangs about the truth. What then will become of me after having toiled so long a time? How can I deliver forth so many doctrines from my mind? For if nothing be comprehensible, truth is gone from men, and vaunted philosophy throws a shade rather than conveys a knowledge of the things that be. But lo, from the old school Pythagoras and his fellows, grave and silent men, deliver to me other doctrines, as mysteries, and among them this great and ineffable one, he hath said. The principle of all things is unity, but from its forms and numbers are produced the elements, and the number and form and measure of each of these is thus somehow declared. Fire is completed out of four and twenty right-angled triangles, being contained by four equilateral ones. Each equilateral one is composed of six triangles, whence also they liken it to a pyramid. But air is completed by forty-eight triangles, being contained by eight equilateral ones but it is likened to an octahedron which is contained by eight equilateral triangles each of which is divided into six right-angled ones so that they are forty-eight in all but water being contained by an hundred and twenty is likened also to a figure having twenty sides which indeed consists of twenty-six equal and equilateral triangles and here there is a lacuna in the text but the ether is completed of twelve equilateral pentagons, and is similar to a figure having twelve sides. Earth is completed of forty-eight triangles, and is also contained by six equilateral triangles, and is like a cube, for the cube is contained by six squares, each of which extends to four triangles, so that altogether are twenty-four. Thus Pythagoras measures the world. But I again, becoming inspired, despise my home and my country and my wife and my children, and I no longer care for them, but mount up into the ether itself, and, taking the cubit from Pythagoras, begin to measure the fire. For Jupiter's measurement is not enough for me, unless also the great animal, the great body, the great soul, myself, mount into heaven, and measure the ether, the rule of Jupiter, is gone. But when I have measured it, and Jupiter has learnt from me how many angles fire has, I again go down from heaven, and, eating olives and figs and cabbage, I make the best of my way to the water, and with cubit and digit and half-digit measure the watery being and calculate its depth, that I may also teach Neptune how much sea he rules over. I pass over all the earth in one day, collecting its number and its measure and its forms. For I am persuaded that, 
such and so great a person as i am of all things in the world i shall not make a mistake of a single span but i know both the number of the stars and of the fishes and of the wild beasts placing the world in a balance i can easily learn its weight about these things then my soul has been earnest until now to have rule over all things but epicurus stooping towards me says you have measured one world my friend there are many and endless worlds i am compelled then again to speak of many heavens other ethers and many of them come then without more delay having victualled yourself for a few days travel in the worlds of epicurus i easily pass its bounds tethys and oceanus but when i have entered into a new world and as it were into a new city i measured the whole in a few days and from thence i cross back into the world again then into a fourth and a fifth and a tenth and an hundredth and a thousandth and where will it end for all things already are the darkness of ignorance to me and black error and endless wandering and unprofitable fancy and ignorance not to be comprehended unless else i intend to number the very atoms also out of which such great worlds have arisen that i may leave nothing unexamined especially of things so necessary and useful from which both houses and cities prosper these things have i gone through wishing to point out the opposition which is in their doctrines and how their examination of things will go on to infinity and no limit for their end is inexplicable and useless being confirmed neither by one manifest fact nor by one sound argument End of Derision of Gentile Philosophers by Hermias the Philosopher